You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe. How are you doing today? <laughs> I am well, thank you, brother. And you? Yeah, no, all good. Slight croaky voice, but uh, hopefully oh, that well. won't... Um, you know, detract from the listener's experience of this podcast. <laughs> It'll be what's good. Been, uh, what's, what's been going on? Well, um, as you know, and others might know if they've talked to me in the last week, my renovations at my house have started. And so mm. I have entered the land of chatting with tradies. And oh, yeah. I've quite enjoyed it actually. It's been it's been fun, and it's I've had to like plan to stay a little bit longer to have a chat with some of them because some <laughs> of them are actually quite chatty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so some of the things I've discussed have been um, uh, history, like how long they've been in the area, wh- wh- what they've seen change around Newcastle. Mm. Others, I've had a leaning against the van chat about parenting teenage girls, which was also <laughs> which was super. This dad was super thoughtful, and it was really great. Um, and talked about why I'm in, you know, a little bit why I'm in ministry because yeah, they're really, they're like, oh, what do you do? And I say I'm a pastor, and they go, oh yeah, all right, all right, and yeah, and then finally trying to work out how to navigate talking about the incompetence of other tradies. <laughs> <laughs> Because that comes up a bit, like, oh, oh, that's not a very good thing in the house. That definitely needs to be fixed. I don't know why someone thought to do it that way, and yeah. I, I say, yeah. oh, well, I don't know either. <laughs> so it's been fun, actually. Yeah, I like the way you've um, recognised uh, what's going on and mm. made time. Mm. Um, because yeah, in, you're you're quite an efficient person. Yeah, you know? and, I can um, just brush past if I'm not careful. <laughs> so. <laughs> So to actually pause and go, okay, here's here's a chance for a relationship. Someone's coming across at my path. Yeah, yeah. What what, what gospel opportunities could be here? Plus, yeah. just the humanity of uh, talking with people as mm. the opportunity comes up. Yeah, my favorite one so far has been my dad would always be he'd be clear on the next step mm. as he was running his farm. Mm. Um, and so often I'd be like, oh, so what are we going to do? Blah 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 blah. And he'd be because I'm quite future oriented, and he'd be like, well this is our next step. And he'd often be doing that while we having a cup of tea. Like he'd tell me what our next step would be over mm. a cup of tea. And then I discovered Chris, my builder, is exactly the same. So I yeah. said at one point, Chris, should we do this in July? And he was like, hmm, I'll tell you what, Joe, I'll come around, we'll have a cup of tea and we'll talk about <laughs> the quote. And I was like, oh, my goodness, it's like talking to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Put your next step and a cup of tea together. And I've that really was the moment where I, I think um, I was like, oh, okay, I just need to relate with these people, mm. um, these, these different people coming into my life with just a bit of, you know, time. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so great. Mm. Well, I hope those conversations continue and uh, are, Thank are you. positive and fruitful. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, we've we've had walls ripped out and flooring. <laughs> they were a bit surprised at how excited I was when the wall came out. <laughs> so I think it'll be fun. I think they're enjoying watching me be like, "Whoa, I've got no kitchen!" And they go, "Well, you haven't done anything." I'm still. It's gone. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> that's good. Hold on to that excitement. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, mate? What's been happening? Oh well, big news. Well, big news Ooh, for me is um, news. the uh, our uh, the soccer team that um, my son Andy is in that I coach, the under fifteen Lorikeets. The Lorikeets uh, have made it to the finals. <gasps> How exciting! Oh, more than that, they're actually minor premiers by a point. What? Yeah. I know. 
the boys have done so well. And so um, this coming Saturday, we are playing a semi-final against Cessnock at, at okay. 9 a.m. up at an okay. oval outside of uh, Maitland. And um, it's on. It's uh, I'm the in- yeah. The interesting thing is that I'm fine at the start of this season. I, the listeners may remember I was very big on you know our team has three values: respect, effort, and fun. You know, it's not about winning and losing. Yep. It's about yep. you know those. This is the culture of our team. Mm. And now that there's a sniff of victory and glory, um, I'm finding it hard to keep my principles. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Winning that under fifteen soccer. Yeah, I, <laughs> it could be glorious. <laughs> I sat them, sat them down. We managed to have training this week. It is miraculously. Oh, it's, it's not uh, rains and the ground is. And so we had training. I ran them around lots of sprints. Then I sat them down for like a team talk with tactics and a whiteboard and stuff Whoa. that I'd never done before. So <laughs> <laughs> you basically Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I've changed. So I've one of my sort of character goals this week is just to dial that back and really. Yeah, recapture that vision of this is going to be. It's about having fun, effort, respect, and um, yeah, yeah, keep that culture going. But yeah, nice. I will. I will let listeners know in a, in a couple of weeks how the final series pans out and <laughs> whether it's uh, glory or or disgrace. So. <laughs> They're quite different extremes: glory or <laughs> disgrace. <laughs> it could be glory or minor premiership glory. Yeah, thank <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Trying to yeah. I'll pull me back from the brink there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to it. All the best to the lorikeets. Yes. That will be fun. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what's been uh, going on for Bible reading for you, Joe? Well, I'm continuing on in the chronological Bible reading, which, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a point of discipline for me, which has been good for me. Um, and I've hit Jeremiah at the same time as we're doing Jeremiah at church, which is oh, quite fun. Very good. Um, so I'm in Jeremiah 17 to 20 um, today, and there was just these two little verses in Jeremiah 17 that I enjoyed. Mm. Um, so I'll just read them, Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? I, Yahweh, am, examine the mind. I test the heart to give to each according to his way, according to what his actions deserve. Um, mm. Anyway, so this I was listening to it this morning, the Bible reading, and these two verses really jumped out at me. So the context is, um, yeah, I guess words of judgment uh, that the Lord is giving and um, he's reflecting on the nature of mankind and um, human flesh. And so then saying in verse 9, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. That grabbed me because I thought, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I identify with that Um, and on my um, my worst days, I forget that and think, yeah. oh, my heart has something to offer God. Um, no, it's the spirit working in my heart. But um, then t- I didn't notice until I really got stuck on it that the next verse says, you know, the first que- the first verse p- su- suggests a question, who can understand the heart? And the next verse, I, Yahweh, examine the mind, I test the heart. And so I was just really struck because God is essentially saying in these two verses, some, like, who can understand the heart? I can. And mm. I, I see it clearly for what it is. Yeah. And I was just really, at the same time, struck by that, gladdened by that, afraid, like made fearful about that, um, felt, you know, known as a creature. Yeah. And I quite enjoyed those verses. Oh, yeah. These these are great verses. I love mm. um, verse 9 and 10. Um, 
I think uh, in Christian life, in Christian maturity, uh, early in on your life, we, we sometimes we, we tidy up the external acts, you know, like mm. we stop getting drunk or um, we stop swearing or something like that. The, mm. the, the external things we make good progress on. But then as you continue as a Christian, you realize, mm. actually, my heart, there's still a lot of work to do. Mm. And uh, the heart kind of sin or deception or foolishness Mm. Um, is just as ugly or, or probably more so than the mm. external actions. So, mm. And this has long been a question I've wrestled with. Um, what should I feel when I know and I'm reminded by the reality that God sees everything? Um, I can still remember the moment, the first moment 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 was taught to me. I can picture the, the room I was in where it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what's due for us, the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And there's an echoing in 2 Corinthians 5.10 to this this passage in Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. And both passages came to my mind as I was reading here and I was thinking, I must always be at the same time, f- have a right fear of being seen for what I really am at, by mm-hmm. God, but also run quickly to to grace and think, Actually, this is why Jesus has come to deal with my heart and to yeah. to rescue me from um, the judgment I so deeply deserve. Like, if should I like God will give according to each what they deserve, and He doesn't give me what I deserve; He gives me grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it, this is this has long been a spiritual journey I have wrestled with the idea that um, the things that I would rather no one knows those n- ugly thoughts and such mm-hmm. those private mm-hmm. things. Um, that God sees them all. And yeah. so, hmm. oh, and the whole of Jeremiah is great for that because mm. um, particularly chapters 30 and 31, there's a lot about um, grace, forgiveness of sin, and, mm. and even in, internal renewal and transformation. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you preached on that this weekend at church. It was great. And is as you're, as you're talking about it, are there particular verses that jump out in your head? or? Oh, I think probably the verses that we'll look at um, this coming week in church about mm. um the law being written on our hearts and mm. the new covenant of forgiveness of sins. Um, yeah, that's the real hope. That's really where we put our hope as people with um, mm. hearts that have uh, deceit in them, mm. <laughs> as Jeremiah mm. says. Mm. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah, Jeremiah, tough book, but good book. That's right. That's right. Mm. Worth reading. Mm. Mm. And speaking of reading, what have you been reading? Uh, well, this is a book I mentioned maybe a few episodes ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It's by Sir Marcus Lone, Cambridge in the Evangelical Succession. Ah, yes. I think uh, last time I mentioned William Grimshaw, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've completed the book now with Charles Simeon is the last entry. Charles Simeon lived from 1759 to 1836. And I think every Australian Christian should know about Charles Simeon because um, uh, we owe, owe him a great debt because uh, he trained the first chaplains for the ah. Australian colony. So uh, Richard Johnson or Samuel Marsden, uh, several others, um, came out of his um, his ministry, his teaching, his training. So um, and from there, those early chaplains, we've the evangelical Christianity has been a presence in in Australia. So um, Charles Simeon, great person to know about. And I think last year I read through his sermons and talked about that on the podcast. But mm. um, the uh, so so Marcus Sloan writes a gr- great account of his life, uh, and 
the thing that I will draw our attention to here is the impact of a good Christian book on on, on Charles Simeon. <laughs> so let me tell the story. It'll take a few minutes, but I'll, it's worth telling. So he, I'm coming with you. Yep. He, he gets this uh, a job as a, or he gets this has this role as a as a student or a, a trainee in Cambridge. Mm. It's very hard to understand because it's all very foreign in English. But um, what happens? He's he's there, and the provost who I look, had to look that up, the provost is like a senior academic administrator or a deputy mm. VC, mm-hmm. says to Charles Simeon or says to everyone that um, he must go and attend Holy Communion in a few months' time uh, at Easter perhaps. Mm. Uh, this is compulsory. And um, he must go up, have the bread and wine, participate in the ceremony. And uh, Simeon is terrified by this because he's living an ungodly life. He's not a Christian. Uh, and he writes, I think maybe on uh, the author quotes his journal or something, he says, what, said I, must I attend? On being informed that I must, the thought rushed into my mind that Satan himself was as fit to attend as I. <laughs> so his conscience is just agonizing that he would have to go up and sort of mm. you know, pretend to you know, have this fast, and that would be terrible or dangerous. Mm. Um and then um, what actually, so he's, he wanders about this, he frets, he worries, he reads, he prays, he fasts, he's very distressed. Um, but it's, then it writes, at length, but at length he fell in with a little book by Bishop Wilson of the Isle of Man, which pointed him to the cross. Now, oh. he hasn't quoted what book it is. And it's, I imagine it's one of these dusty little books that maybe are sitting in a library shelf somewhere that um, would be hard to read these days. But at, at the right time, um, this book um, was very helpful for him, a Christian book. Mm. And um, then he discovered something about the cross, about the atonement. And this is quoting Simeon again. Um, when the uh, he read about uh, the Hebrew sinner um, transferring his sin onto the head of an animal with a sacrifice, kind of out of Leviticus. Mm. And so Simeon writes, the thought rushed into my mind, what, may I transfer all my guilt to another? Has God provided an offering for me that I may lay my sins on his head? Then, God willing, I will not bear them on my own soul one moment longer. Accordingly, (laughs) I sought to lay my sins upon the sacred head of Jesus and on the Wednesday began to have a hope of mercy. On the Thursday, that hope increased. On the Friday and Saturday, it became more strong. And on the Sunday morning, Easter day, April the 4th, I awoke early with those words upon my heart and lips. Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. From that hour, peace flowed in rich abundance into my soul. And at the Lord's table in our chapel, I had the sweetest access to God through my blessed Saviour. <laughs> Praise God. What a lovely story. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Here's this 20-year-old Charles Simeon, guilty conscience, agonising, read a Christian book, praise God, and um, was converted effectively. Wow. So, um, yeah, I was encouraged by that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just these little things that God does, isn't He? It doesn't like little seeds being sown that He makes grow um, by His Spirit, and you just see that that little word was necessary for, like, well, He used it for um, Charles Simeon to become a Christian, and then that's born so much fruit in Charles mm. Simeon's ministry. Ah, oh, yeah, so lovely. That's decades great. Of ministry, decades of preaching. So, yeah, there you go. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so you finished the book. Finished the book, yeah. Hmm. I'll have to consider that one. Yeah, I'll one. lend it to you. Mm. 
I have so many books, Richard. So I know, many books. I know. I know. You call me, I won't call you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, we're out of time, but next week, very exciting. Our podcast is 100. Mm, yeah, mm. looking forward to that uh, conversation. Mm, it's going to be great. But in the meantime, I hope your reading goes well and I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Bye. See you. Bye.